Hello. Welcome, everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 12, Faith, premiered on January 17th, 2006, directed by Alan Croker and written by Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean seek a faith healer when Dean is electrocuted and told he has only weeks to live. Dean is cured, but the boys discover someone else died in his place. It turns out the faith healer's wife had enslaved a reaper to help people avoid death at the cost of innocent lives. Bruce, how do you feel about being lied to by Netflix again? What was I lied to about? Whenever Greg read the description for this week's episode last week, um, it mentioned them hunting a demon. Whenever Dean was electrocuted, there was no demon at all. It ended up being a, uh, what was it, Greg? It was a, (laughs) I almost called it a skinhead. (laughs) It was a raw head. What's a raw head? Oh, you want to know what a raw head is? I want to know what a raw head is. A raw head, also known as bloody bones, is a sort of boogeyman that originated in Great Britain. It is often associated with water and or basements. Often, raw head legends are created as a way of keeping children in line. For example, near a deep pond, children would be told to keep away or the raw head will get you. Sometimes they are known to live in basements. In this case, it eats children who lie and curse. So those kids at the beginning of this episode were just little sh**. <laughs> I did not find any believable urban legends about a uh, raw head, but we did find a nursery rhyme. It says, Raw head and bloody bones steals naughty children from their homes, takes them to his dirty den, and they are never seen again. That's a nursery rhyme? Yeah. I guess not nursery <laughs> rhyme, but it's a rhyme. <laughs> that put me to sleep, that's for sure. Greg, did you find anything about how to kill a raw head? Um, you shoot it with a taser. <laughs> cranked up to 100,000 volts. He just wanted to make sure. He wanted it. Did you say extra crispy, or did I put that in? <laughs> I, think, I think you said that. <laughs> we wanted okay. it to be extra crispy. I like how they mentioned that how he they had to specifically talk about how amped up that was to make it believable that it would give uh dean the heart attack later on (laughs) that's the weird thing about electricity voltage doesn't really matter it's all about them amps also i was curious and if you're wondering a taser sends about fifty thousand volts so it is still double but it's not like as astronomical as you would think. 
but water can lower the body's resistance to electrical shock by half in some cases, which oh would increase the yeah. amperage that you receive in a shock. So, got a quadruple dose. Yeah. <laughs> when he shot, when he shot uh, the raw head, I have to keep looking at, try to remember what it's called. I had noticed the electricity that they put around him. Um, and it was so weird because like it almost feels natural um, to see all that. But you're like, in real life, you're not seeing all Doesn't those matter. like. <laughs> so here's the wild thing. I found a video, which I'll put in the show notes um, that shows like ballistic gel isn't the same as human body. We all know but it's a close representation. And this guy did an experiment on um, different voltages on ballistic gel. And whenever he did it at, and he topped out at 100,000 volts, so it was perfect. <laughs> whenever he did it at 100,000 volts, you could see the electricity just around the ballistics gel. And it creates a very similar effect to what they went for on the show. Obviously not as drastic, but to a point where what happened on the show is just hyperbole instead of just completely ridiculous. Huh? Yeah. I've learned something today. Whenever Sam and Dean are heading down the stairs and um, they like are pointing their tasers at the closet and they're about to open it and find the kids inside. That's when I just started thinking like, this is a really great opening to an episode. And I don't think we've gotten anything like this yet. At least not that I remembered where we actually get to see them at the end of a hunt. And instead of starting off with some random people that we never met before, we're right in on the action. What's normally the end of the episode for us. So tension's already high. It was kind of cool to start with a high and then go dip low there for the middle. Yeah, I was almost ready for it to be a fake, a fake out. Like, you know, oh, they're just playing a game with, you know, what I mean, or it's not really a monster. It's, you know, the mom just being silly. Like, I don't know. Um, but we've had that a lot in the past where it's like, oh, this is just, you know, something goofy, not the actual monster. I thought it was going to be a uh opening with like part of the action and then saying one week prior like they did with skin mm -hmm. um so i was really happy that they didn't do that <laughs> anytime you have a very cookie cutter structure of a show like anytime it's just thrown off a little bit it just feels really fresh it's also a neat way to show us that um they're still doing things um outside of you know what we see so in between the episodes they're still working <laughs> and doing things it's not just you know they're hanging out until the next episode. I'm deathly afraid of those type of stairs. Open back stairs. Yeah. I kid you not, my grandfather, I don't even know what type of skull it was, but he's a big hunter. Um, so <laughs> honestly, it was probably like it's a deer a skull or something open. like that. But it had, it was sitting behind the staircase. So you wouldn't see it going down, but when you're going back up, you would be like face, you know, straight on on the skull going up. So... <laughs> I uh, also have a weird fear about them. <laughs> While they're in the hospital, we have to find out that Dean wants to kill the snuggle bear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Dean Dean seemed to just immediately, supposedly accept his fate, huh? What, what does he say? Um, what are the options? Burial or cremation? <laughs> Which, I mean, his personality, you could definitely see that happening, even if it was like, you know, a more believable death. Uh, you could see him using humor to like keep it light in the room. Yeah, it felt very consistent with what we've seen from Dean so far. This is hard for me to 
believe that he was going to die. Um, like only because of where it was placed in the season. Um, it just didn't feel like this was like, oh no, I have to be scared that he's going to die. Like I was prepared to figure out why he wasn't in within minutes of them talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it, the intention was ever to trick you into thinking he's like really, really going to die. Cause I mean, they even it's resolved within the first act of the episode that oh, Dean's fine. It, um, yeah, it felt fast. I guess maybe I, because I read the description, I was like assuming and or hoping that it would be like the focus of the episode, which it doesn't have to be, but it just felt like, oh, there's this big thing that happened. He's going to die. This is going to be the problem that they have to, oh, and he's fine. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, oh, I guess I guess we're done here. Is this heart situation actually possible? I I didn't look it up, but like I know there are just like general heart situations and like uh heart problems and and doctors can see them, but are there particular heart problems that were like you have 2 weeks to live? Like I've never heard of that. No idea. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're not the expert on. <laughs> It did feel very weird. Uh, it he didn't seem that sick. Like they kept saying sick, and you're like, but he's walking around talking fairly well. They did seem to put a little bit of, like either makeup on him to make him look more pale or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's about it. It was just like he's kind of acting pretty normal for someone who's going to die in a few weeks. Wasn't Sam like helping him get around? I mean, I think he was barely yeah. walking on his own. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it could be worse. It should be worse. (laughs) Dying hearts. I don't know. I needed more from him. Who did he say his friend was that he got a hold of? Um, Their dad's friend, Joshua. So you can add him to the list along with Caleb, Jefferson, and Pastor Jim. Dad's (laughs) friends that we've heard of but not seen yet. I didn't know we were creating a list. Oh, there's a list. Should I have a vision board above my computer? (laughs) Just like yarn and string. (laughs) There's something here. It was Joshua that led them to the faith healer? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, Sam tricks him into getting there by calling him a specialist. <laughs> That's right. And whenever they get there, they're walking through all that mud. How do you guys like that mud? It was a good way to set up the uh, area. Like, it was it was thrown together. It was basically a farm with a tent. It, it, was, a, it was a nice way to set up the uh, setting. Um, during the filming of the episode... It poured for five days straight <laughs> and they had to work around about four feet deep of mud. Um, wow. So all those, all those cars that were on set had to get towed in and out of that field. I was a little bit nervous about their car going in there. I was like, and they had like potholes and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they had a little bit of a tough time with production on this one. There were a lot of fun themes in this episode. Um, not fun, but interesting themes. Um, while they're walking from that field to the tent, uh, they have a conversation about good and evil. Like we've seen a lot of evil in this in this show, and I like the fact that he's like, "Well, if we can't, if we believe in the evil stuff, why don't we believe in the good stuff too?" Um, so I'm really interested to see more of that. I think the only positive thing we've seen would have been mom, maybe. Yeah. Uh, unless you guys can think of anything else. Um, uh, if, if you count the ghost children dragging their mom to hell (laughs) in the pilot (laughs) (laughs) 
I was uh, gonna say the psychic that helped them with their mom. Oh, uh, that too. Yeah. Okay. So I I just thought that was neat. It's a neat um foreshadowing a little bit. Um, whether it is intentional or not, I'm sure. What do we have? Fifteen seasons to go, or something like that. Um, <laughs> I uh, I assume we're gonna run into something good out there. I like to think we're gonna run into something good out there. Yeah, I thought I thought it was weird that Dean thought a faith healer would be so unbelievable, and I mean, it turns out he was right. But when they were initially having that argument, I was like, "Come on, like the the stuff you have seen, like why, why is that so unbelievable?" But like like you were saying though, the good versus bad um i guess is a uh, a good reason for him to be skeptical on their way into reverend lagrange's tent they run into layla for the first time when you guys saw layla were you wondering at all maybe like hey who is that that's right it's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars on this week's episode of supernatural so we're going to start this week with our ever the optimist Layla, played by the always wonderful Julie Benz. Hey, who is that? Some may recognize her from a 1996 appearance on Sliders, her seven-episode appearance on Roswell in 1999, or maybe her recurring character Darla on the TV shows Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spinoff Angel. But I think most are going to know her for playing the character Rita on Dexter which premiered about eight months after this episode of Supernatural. Next up, we're going to go to our understandably upset mother, Mrs. Rourke, played by Gillian Barber. Hey, who is that? So some people are going to recognize her as Mrs. Thomas from the 1995 hit Jumanji. And in case you don't remember, she's the one whose car was hit by the ambulance after the mosquito bit her. Uh-huh. Nah. <laughs> or you might know her from her season 17 appearance on Supernatural playing a completely different character. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we'll finish up with the blind to the actions of his wife, Reverend Roy LaGrange, <laughs> played by Kevin McNulty. Hey. Hey, who is that? Are we going to do it together for... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kevin McNulty has had a prolific career with 221 acting credits since 1986. Some of them include 21 Jump Street, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The NeverEnding Story 3, The X-Files, Smallville, The Dead Zone, Battlestar Galactica, Psych, The Good Wife, The Magicians. Oh, and a season six episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time on Hey, who is that? Cool, so that's who that was. <laughs> what did you say the reverend's name was? Kevin McNulty. It makes sense, his repertoire that you said. Like, he's been in some pretty big shows um, that you were uh, saying. And I felt like his character was really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to very subtle things. I, it's weird, but he did this thing with his lip. Where he would like drag it across his teeth, and I, it was just so subtle, and it, it just made the character so I don't know interesting, yeah, for it, lack of a better word. It made him uh, human, feel real. It's just good character acting. Uh, so it's just a really fun character, yeah. Bruce, whenever Dean saw 
the thing in the suit after he was healed. What did you think it was? Honestly, I, I, I didn't know at that point. Um, I honestly thought it was just a random demon that was doing the the healing. Like, I, I thought maybe for some reason it was like a maybe a negative effect. Like you were healed, but you were no longer able to love someone or, you know, something like that, where it was you like lost your soul or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something weird like that. I thought initially we end up finding out that it's actually a reaper and the boys think that the reverend is using the reaper to trade lives. Dean gets upset that his life was traded for someone else. And Sam says he didn't know. Do you guys think Sam still would have taken Dean there? If he did know what was going to happen from what we've known him so far, it feels like he would have tried to find some other methods, but use that as like a last ditch effort. Maybe there's a way they can not have the other person die. If they can research it, you know what I mean? Like he would, wouldn't just let him die. That's for sure. So you think at the end of the day, if it came down to like, if it's Dean's last day alive, you think he would have done it, traded Dean's life for someone else's. I think he would just try to not have killed the other person. Okay. And it would have worked out in the end because it's cable TV. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what was going to happen with Layla of like, they had this tension of like, oh, what are they going to do? Like they, they're, they're actively trying to stop this from happening while also having this attachment to this girl who has a terminal disease and I thought because like it's cable television that they were just going to somehow miraculously be able to do both or like break the spell. And the Reaper says, thanks, here's a gift, and <laughs> heals her, you know, but no, that did not happen. So the scene where they're figuring out what it is and we see the other guy being healed and the jogger being killed, that whole montage, first of all, reminded me of like a heist movie whenever they're normally talking about the plan as you get to see it playing (laughs) out. Um, So it was fun. But that scene is like a classic supernatural scene that is a thousand times better with the original song. Uh. You kind of lose it a little bit on the Netflix version, unfortunately. But thanks to the glory of YouTube... I was I, I don't know if it was this particular scene, but I, I was wondering at one point. I was like, hey, is this the original music? Um, it was probably the scene because it's like the only song in the episode. I think that's why I questioned it. I was like, oh, this would be a good use of Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> I was like, maybe they couldn't get it or maybe it's a Netflix thing. You can tell like that scene was made for that song and it just it feels a lot better with it. The proper music in place. And then right after that. Dean talks about killing a human being for the first time. So he was ready to do it. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, Sam would have looked for another way. Like I said. (laughs) Yeah. And he made sure they did. Good thing. Yeah. He was ready to kill the Reverend. Right. And then I don't really remember the conversation. Did he give off the vibe that like they've done something like that before? No, no, he didn't. Okay. (laughs) I mean, cause that's a hell of a um, jump, like to, yeah, to do that. So do you think Dean would have taken Sam to the guy if it was going to kill somebody else? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Like yeah. in this, in that, that specific scene right there, Dean would do whatever it takes at that point. 
but he also would hate Sam if Sam did it on purpose <laughs> to save Dean. Right. <laughs> so they say that Roy has healed six people in... This is like my only complaint about the episode. They Roy has healed six people in the past year. <laughs> and then within the time frame of them finding out about the Reverend, he heals three more. <laughs> what? One week period. Um, which seemed a little accelerated, but... I didn't even put that together. Um, But they go to make sure that um, he doesn't heal anyone else. And um, Dean's having this conversation with Layla trying to stop her from going up. And I felt like in a weaker episode, the stranger listens to the brothers. For no reason. Without having any reason to trust them. Yeah. And I really liked the character of Layla. She had her own agency she had her own motivations and despite um having this chemistry that she feels with dean she's like no i'm going up there what you're not gonna stop me i don't know you yeah it would have definitely taken away a little bit if she was like oh you're right for this guy that i've met (laughs) one time and you know barely had a connection with to versus saving her life but she didn't know it was i mean he didn't really even get give that many details at that point. He was just like, something bad will happen. He's like, what could be worse than me dying? <laughs> yeah. And if she was a preacher's daughter in a different episode, then <laughs> she just would have been fully on board with it. <laughs> oh, you're stalking me outside my house? Let me join you. Um, That's sweet. You don't want me to heal my brain tumor? That's sweet. Do you think... The situation would have been helped or made worse if Dean told her the truth right then and there. Oh, so much worse. worse? Yeah. We had we had this conversation with the uh, disaster demon on the plane. And it's like, what do you say at that point? Where you're like, no, if you do that, then you will die. But I guess this is a little bit more supernatural at that point. Like, she already knows this guy can That's heal her. That's my thing. Like, it, she fully believes this man can heal people in a supernatural way. It's not a You've already made a quite the leap of faith. So from there, it's it's just a little hop, skip, and a jump to say, hey, if you do this, someone else will die in your place. <laughs> Pushing Daisy style. Great show. Um, I don't know. I just thought like if I was in that scenario, I would have said it. And it probably wouldn't have helped, but like, I don't think it could have hurt. I think there would have been some chaos with all the people there. Okay. I feel like, because there were cops there, I feel like, Dean technically accusing these people of murder would have ended up much worse for Dean recently accused of murder than how this scenario played out. Yeah, those cops were a little goofy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just hang out at that church. <laughs> they just hang out at that church all the time. Is that their job? They just. <laughs> so after Dean clears out the tent with a fake fire, they figure out that it's not Roy, but his wife who is controlling the reaper so i went back and took a look at the other scenes that we see um the reverend healing people and guess what she is conspicuously absent how about that 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 was a good twist i that i had no idea that that was coming i honestly thought just you know that our great pastor there was um just the evil guy in this I was not ready for that that twist. Yeah. And um oh to back it up 
a second. Um, whenever Sam's in the office trying to find clues for whatever's going on, I really enjoyed his clue of the dust on the bookshelf. <laughs> because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're in a blind man's <laughs> office. So, yeah, he's probably not taking anything <laughs> off the shelves anymore. Didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I think it was a really fun clue in the writing and for Sam for finding it. There were a lot of good uh, detective skills in this. Um, yep. You know, he, the clock, the the book, <laughs> mm-hmm. the a lot of good, a lot of good small little things to show that they they are detectives when it comes down to it. Yeah, I think because um, I, I was thinking about the same thing. I was like, you're going in a blind man's library. You're either going to find books that he can't read or books that you can't read, and so. You think, like, when he put together the thing with the dust, you think he also would have put together, like, oh, hey, this isn't the preacher. He can't read this. Well, he's only been blind for one year. Okay. And also, he could, I guess, be faking it. <laughs> and if, I mean, if, he, if he's uh, binding a reaper, I'm sure they're not. he's not past faking blindness. Well, you can't fake that. You can't fake that super hearing. But I also think, like, I don't think, I don't know much about it, but I feel like you develop that more than the course of a single year. Like, if, if you go blind at the age of however old he was, 45, 50, I, I think your your super hearing takes a while to develop. I don't know, though. I mean, if we're going to talk, keep talking about medical things that we know nothing about. Um, <laughs> it's, it's my, I feel it's like my hobby horse on this podcast. Here. <laughs> hearing would be the first thing to improve and like the changes in air pressure and things like that would come later okay. yeah before he becomes daredevil <laughs> what saying? changes in air pressure are a real thing bruce blind people can feel stairs <laughs> whenever dean goes to confront sue ann because he sees her chanting in the corner um she made a real smart move there she got caught, and so she started screaming for help yeah. because there was a man attacking her. I really like Dean's he, reaction to that of like, yeah, good move right away on his face. I lost <laughs> this one. Me. Yep, <laughs> it's not going to help to fight or to run or to try to explain the situation. Like, nope, you got me. And then after that, Sam and Dean are having their conversation that they know it's Sue Ann now, and how this how this person could have done this. And one of them calls her evil and the other kind of corrects them and says that it ha- starts from desperation. Mm. So yeah, she's a terrible person, obviously a bigot, but her evil actions started from desperation. And I think that's another one of the interesting themes that are brought up on this episode. At what point does someone what they're doing become truly evil whenever they have good intentions in the first place. I was thinking about, especially, um, you know, you're doing this and if you don't know even who's dying at that point, um, I think that even like I was sitting there thinking like, Oh, if I have my loved one is dying and somebody dies, like I don't know that, that what decision I would make. Like, I, you know, obviously I would hope that I wouldn't kill somebody, but you know, in the moment, I don't know what kind of decision. Yeah, it's a tough one. And they made it a little easier for 
audiences to chew on by making her such a terrible person. Right. You 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 have to sort of not like her uh, yeah. to make the ending justified. <laughs> yeah. And I think this episode becomes our first example of maybe people are the monsters. <laughs> Ooh. So, so I just, and you find out you're the monster all along. <laughs> but yeah, people can be monsters and that's a good example. The the chase scene was fun. Did anything really big happen in that now that I'm thinking about it? No, it or was, it, was a, it mostly just a distraction. Okay. The dog was an interesting touch. I thought maybe that was a little bit hinting at the evil in the <laughs> area, but I think it's just a dog. Yeah, I I mean, so they kind of set it up like the dog's barking. Cops think the dog is barking at them. We think because we've seen dogs reacting before that it's barking. Maybe it can sense the Reaper or know something weird is going on. But no, it's just barking at Dean who got on top of its RV. <laughs> it's a nice little twist. Sam ends up smashing the cross, which was binding the Reaper. And then the Reaper ends up agreeing with, uh, with us that Sue Ann was a terrible person and makes her have a stroke and die. <laughs> For a second, I was really upset at this. Um, not upset, but I was kind of underwhelmed at the, the way that Sam defeated her. We just grabbed it and threw it on the ground and it spilled. I was really happy that it like, and then the climax, the climax of that scene was the Reaper coming mm. after her. Um, so in my head, I was like, Oh, that was it. But then there was more <laughs> and I was, I was fulfilled. <laughs> I thought the actor for the Reaper did a fantastic job of, you know, he came to kill her for vengeance for, for, um, enslaving him essentially and the smile that he has and that's it like no talking no maniacal laugh like just a smirk and and then he kills her it's awesome such a good smile um and i like that sam stood there and watched despite not actually being able to see the reaper so in his own head canon, he could just kind of pretend that she coincidentally had a stroke because he never saw a, a Reaper kill her. I didn't even put that together. S- Sam Sam never saw the Reaper, huh? Nope. I, I didn't even think of that. But, you know, with all this Reaper talk, <laughs> Greg, you want to tell us about some Reapers? All right, so we all know the Grim Reaper. Uh, but according to this episode, there is more than one entity out there taking souls to the afterlife. As Dean says, there's Reaper lore in pretty much every culture on Earth. They go by a hundred different names. I found out that all of these types of entities fall under the category of psychopomp, which is uh, Greek for guide of souls. Their role is not to judge the deceased, but simply to guide them from Earth to the afterlife. Some notable psychopomps include the Egyptian god Anubis, the Hindu god Yama, the Greek god Hermes, and the Roman god Mercury. Could you imagine the life that Roy has to live now? <laughs> Is he going to know? Did, do you think they would have told him? Or I doubt it. Man. But like to him, he lost his ability to heal people on the same night <laughs> that funny. his wife died of a stroke. Man, it's a shame. Poor guy. Poor guy. 
I thought he was an interesting character because he was such a believer that some of the things he said and did do not, they are not explained by the Reaper scenario. So when he says he saw into Dean's heart and saw a man with the destiny to fulfill or something. First off, what was it? Oh yeah. He said, um, he saw a young man with an important purpose, a job to do. And it wasn't finished. So from that scene, my my immediate thought was, you can tell that to anybody. <laughs> it's really interesting. Like if you tell that to someone who either is important and says, "Oh, I am important. I have lots of work to do," or is not yet important, but they like have thoughts in their head and fill, their heads are filled with dreams of what they could do. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Of like, I think he genuinely believes it. He genuinely believes. He looked into Dean's heart. He saw this. He genuinely wanted to and did save him. So it's really interesting that this all this was just happening around him, and and he as a character it was just fascinating. In my head, um, I was thinking that that he heard it from our like army of demons that are talking amongst each other in my predictions. <laughs> so like they all know who killed um who killed uh Sam's girlfriend mm-hmm. and but there's also like a master plan obviously going on. So like there's a reason they're not dead. Um so he's he said not to or to heal him to make sure that he keeps living and fulfills their prophecy that they're planning. So wait, you think demons were whispering to this preacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're connected to this. Oh man. Cool. Okay. All right, I'm on board. No. I don't know. Prove me wrong, that, I guess. No, that's cool as hell. <laughs> so at the end of the episode we get a genuinely nice moment between Layla and Dean. Oh, you hated it. Tell me, Greg, why did you hate this? I hated this because they had good chemistry, but it, it's very similar to the girl from Hook, where who the fuck is Layla? Who is she? Who is this woman? They shared a smile and a laugh, and, that, and they were bonded for the rest of the episode. And Sam invited her to the hotel to say goodbye. It's like, you hardly said hi. It was It was really weird to me. And... Um, the, oh, at one point, like Dean was feeling super survivor guilt. And like, as she walked away, he's like, you deserve it more than I do. And it's like, you don't know that she could be the worst person in the world. You don't know this person at all. I mean, I think Dean's shown that he has some pretty great intuition so far. So I think you're wrong. (laughs) He knows when someone's good. So aside from all that, it was a fine scene. I was just excited that Dean was talking to a girl. I don't know. He's had a dry spell lately. So, so yeah, I thought it was a great scene. And I think Julian Jensen both pulled out the stops for it. I wrote down a quote in this, actually. If you're going to have faith, you can't only have it when the miracles happen. You have to have it when they don't. And I thought that was really nice. Um, it was kind of like, a, you know, you, I, I don't know. You know, you got to keep through the hard times to appreciate the good times kind of thing. And I think it goes right along with kind of what Sam's been talking about, too. So I think it's kind of what Dean needed to hear. It's nice. There's a miracle right there. There's a miracle. Dean has faith. 
<laughs> Dean's gonna pray for her. Dean's gonna pray. Ugh. That was a little cheesy. <laughs> Speaking of cheesy, did you guys think this episode, either purposefully or not, did you think it was making fun of soap operas? It might have just been in my head because of like the 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 plot of the show is very soap opera of like oh he got this thing he only has two weeks to live, but then I swear it was purposeful when Layla's mom was talking about her terminal cancer, she literally walks away from the two people she's talking to and stares off into the distance to describe it like l- looking <laughs> off like just off camera is really like it was over the top. No, Greg, no one else noticed that. Are you serious? <laughs> you don't think so? Although I don't watch soap operas, so I really don't have much to go on. I have the... the. <laughs> but you think it was... The... Yeah. You have the stereotypes stereo- yeah, I only that have you know. stereotype to go off of. Right, watch the next one and see if you think the same thing, because I'm curious if it's just a well, drama I have thing. Pulled, yeah, I I have commented on it before where sometimes they'll say a line in a certain way and it's just like, who talks like that? So you're right that it is there pretty much all the time or not all the time, but like it pops up in certain scenes. But I, I just thought it was worse for this episode Um, for the first like third of the episode. Like it, it went away when it got into the action of it, but. I don't know. I feel really bad for Dean in this episode. He almost died. Then he was healed. Then he found out that his death caused someone, his healing caused someone else to die. So that's super survivor's guilt already because survivor's guilt is just surviving something when other people didn't. This is a direct exchange of like worse than that. So super survivor's guilt. And then he has to stop this reaper uh, from killing more people at the expense of this new friend he made. So it's just like super duper survivor's guilt. And I just, I felt really bad for him this episode. Yeah. He had a tough, tough couple, wait, tough week? Tough couple weeks? <laughs> yeah. It's been a tough week. Doesn't he say it at the end? Yeah. It's been a rough week. <laughs> yeah. It's been a rough week. Um, I hope somebody called dad and said he's okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot to comment on. Sam left that message and they heard nothing. Like, did you expect them to hear anything? I expected. Yeah. Like their dad has responded a bit in the past. And when their son is on the verge of death, I thought like maybe he would at least drop him a line. Do you remember when Dean called their dad basically in tears because he needed help and got zero response? Yeah, but it wasn't... While their dad sat in the next room. Yeah, but even that was, you know, it wasn't, hey, Sam's dying, you should help or at least say goodbye. <laughs> like, like, what if they did not <laughs> find the solution? <laughs> but also, like, if this time, if the timeline's right, it was a week. He just had no time <laughs> to make a call. I mean, from the communication he's given... I am not surprised that in a week's time of hearing that he did not reach out. I'm just saying, I think John is a bad person so far. Your dad's kind of a jerk. Ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's disagreeing with that. All right. Oh, man. But I think it's well established that he's a jerk. He's doing it for good reasons. I have faith. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> 
Reviews? Reviews. I actually give this episode nine Reapers out of ten. Hell yeah. I was, was going to give it an eight, and I know I have a tendency to do that. Um, I've already said some of my problems that gave it, docked at some points, which are the relationship with Layla, and um, oh, uh, the, the beginning felt a little rushed, but like you said, it wasn't the focus of the episode. It's not my choice to determine what the focus of the episode is. Um, so yeah, and um, so I was going to give it an eight, but then the 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 reaper was played super well and that smile that damn smile so good and uh yeah nine reapers out of ten and you don't believe in half scores so no eight and a half. that's right <laughs> <laughs> um i'm going to give it eight out of ten raw heads i i really enjoyed this episode um the themes that we uh, looked into, we had Dean was going to die soon, um, whether it's ethical or moral to sacrifice um, someone else for your loved one. Um, we you know, got to see um, this guy who is really good at acting. You know, the pastor did really well. Um, the Reaper was awesome. Like you said, that smile. Um, really good stuff. Uh, my only complaint... And it's it's just the way this season is. Um, I could have used a little bit more dad or over um, arcing story. Um, even if dad called back and, you know, was worried about Dean, I think I, I, that would make me feel just a little bit better. Um, but because it was just like we got the voicemail and that's it. Um, so that doesn't give, you know, that's uh, my only critique. So eight out of ten raw heads. Right on. This is one of my favorite episodes of Supernatural. So I give it a nine and a half wow. raw heads out of ten. To me, this is the perfect example of what a Monster of the Week episode can and should be. At no point does it feel like we're rushing through story. I think it's very well paced out the whole time. We got an exciting intro. Um, great guest cast. Um, great one-off characters, great one-off monster. And we touch on elements of what's happening through the whole arc. So we have a phone call to dad where Sam's saying he probably won't even get this message. We have Dean making fun of Sam's psychic abilities. So we're talking about them. We're not just completely ignoring everything. And we just get to go along this fun adventure and just enjoy it. And I think that's, it's the epitome of monster of the week episodes. Um, what some people would call filler, Bruce, um, <laughs> I enjoy. And this is exactly what I wish each one was like. So nine and a half out of ten. Are we calling the monster this week a raw head? You get both. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, um, our reviews reminded me, especially uh, Casey's, that we were, you, you were saying that this is such a good monster of the week. And I thought it was really interesting that the monster of this episode was like the last thing to be filled in for the writing. Um, mm-hmm. So both Eric Kripke and Robert Singer talk about how they they had a good story about a faith healer, and but they realized 
all the fun stuff that they could deal with, like um, the morality of sacrificing a life for your own and all that. But it, it's great for television. Great. Um, it's a great story, but it didn't have anything scary, which is part of Supernatural is the horror element of it. Um, so the Reaper was the last thing to be added to the episode. And it was my favorite part of the episode. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, very well done. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 1, Episode 13, Route 666. Dean is contacted by his first love, Cassie, a girl who asks him to come to Mississippi to investigate a string of racially motivated murders. Any predictions, buddy? So we are in Episode 12. We're we're still a little bit halfway through. Uh, we've got a while um, until I think more of the overarching story continues. Um, like you said earlier, Casey, I like that they're at least plugging in that those things are going. Um, but like I said, our demons are going to continue talking with each other. And we have this uh, plan that's coming up. The father that we were introduced last episode. And this was just another thing in the story. You know, we can't have Dean die. We got to keep him alive. Um so we're going to keep uh, getting introduced to these demons that are talking to one another. Um, <laughs> like I said, we're going to meet dad in episode 20. Um, and he's going to save Sam and Dean right in the nick of time. So you already said that Meg is a one-off character, right? Yes. Okay. So when do you think we'll get follow up on that whole thing about maybe finding out who the father is? or why they want the boys alive. What episode? Um, it's going to be important to uh, follow up on that a little bit before things get uh, heavy. So I'm going to say in between um, this episode and the finale. Um, so what does that give us? Ten cool. episodes? Sometime this season. All right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <good answer>. around, <laughs> around episode 17, I think we're going to say. Okay. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at naturalfriendspodcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for your continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural Natural Friends. friends. But we're going to, yeah, I don't know. I gotta write. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start writing these down. Uh, <laughs> Give me a second. No, I'll come up with something. Segment. You're done. <laughs> <laughs>